Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today we will be interviewing Most Worshipful Brother Cameron Bailey, Grandmaster of Masons in Washington. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, we have our, our usual host of host of hosts. Our usual four hosts are here. Uh, myself, I'm Matt Apple, a mason in uh, Mill Creek Lodge number 243 here in Montlake Terrace, Washington. Very worshipful brother David Colbeth uh, from King Solomon Lodge number 60 in Auburn, Washington. Uh, worshipful brother Stephen Chung from Prince Charles 153 in Kelowna, British Columbia. And Jared Dunham, who's in Penticton Lodge 147 in Penticton, British Columbia. And in addition, we have... The, the reason for this whole episode, uh, Most Worshipful Brother Cameron Bailey, who's the Grand Master of Masons in Washington. Uh, welcome, Most Worshipful, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. So we're, uh, uh, we had an interview with you very early in your, actually now I'm trying to remember, was it, it was very early in your tenure as Grand Master. I think it was, it was after, the, after the election and installation. Yes. And then we, uh, we figured we'd catch up with you after a year and, and see how things were going. So I guess my my first dumb question is, is Grandmaster everything you, you thought it would be? Is it great? Is it terrible? Are you, are you, you feel like you made progress this year? No, yeah, I think uh, uh, it was. It was a lot of fun. I had an opportunity to, to meet an awful lot of people I never would have had a chance to meet otherwise. And, uh, and yeah, it was greatly enjoyable. The only uh, surprise I had and I wasn't quite, I think, expecting the amount of uh, paperwork required. I had, I had uh, followed uh, Most Worshipful Kaufman very closely when he was Grand Master, so I thought I saw that everything that he was doing, but, uh, but clearly he was shielding me from the sheer volume of paperwork. So that was the, that was the only real surprise, but, but no, it's been, been a wonderful journey. He was an attorney too, so that's, as a good attorney, he was good at that shielding. Part, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. The it seems there have been some grandmasters. I mean, having obviously never been grandmaster, but seeing them go through, that at the end of it, they seem like the negatives of being grandmaster, having to deal with the discipline issues or the paperwork or that sort of thing, have sort of worn them down by the end of it, and they're they're not as chipper as they once were. And you seem to have come out of this experience still still smiling. So that's a good thing. Well, I, I think I, I have a, a, a very supportive uh, a wife and partner who, uh, who helps me with, with everything. And, and I think that helps a lot. And uh, it certainly was a, an exciting time to be Grandmaster because we, we had been shut for so long with, with COVID and having the opportunity to, to open everything back up, I think. Uh, uh, made it certainly exciting. Do you, do you think your time working with legislators also helped uh, to uh, toughen your skin a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> I I suppose so. Um, uh, yeah, I, I did work uh, uh, for well a lot of years now uh, in the political arena, and that certainly does tend to to uh, give one a thicker skin. 
so so most grandmasters go into that role with a goal in mind. Can you remind us what your goal was for your year and did you achieve it? Well, I think my my main focus, the thing most important to me was to convince our lodges to offer their masons masonry. And what I mean by that is is to offer Masonic education, to have lodge experiences that weren't just opening, paying some bills, reading some correspondence and going home, but doing things that, that <clears throat> would truly build brotherhood within their lodge, that would help to educate the Masons within their lodge, and ultimately to give their Masons a compelling reason to attend lodge. Because if, if a man doesn't have a reason to attend, he's gonna vote with his feet. He's not gonna, not gonna keep coming, at least not forever. Um, whether I succeeded or not, I, I think that history will have to judge that, right? Um, I do know that we have a lot of lodges that, that rose to that challenge, uh, started working to improve, improve those experiences, to bring in educational programs and, and other things to help build brotherhood. Um, we have other lodges that, that haven't done that you know, and I keep harping on it. But I think in time, we'll see whether or not those changes that the lodges that did make them, whether or not they stick. If they do, it, it will have been successful in my mind. Uh, if, the, if they're abandoned after I leave these, they certainly won't be. I think that uh, most lodges that are looking for that educational component will um, lap it up and sustain the education programs. Um, I, and, and, and not necessarily a bad thing if they don't, because some lodges are truly there for the social aspect, um, the fraternal aspect, and they're not necessarily there for uh, an education type purpose. Um, so don't, don't maybe, uh, I wouldn't jump to a conclusion if, um, any lodges in particular didn't stick with a, an education program. Um, but I would certainly uh, um, congratulate and support the ones that do and, and do keep it going because I think it is a very key component for a lot of Masons. And I strive very hard in, in, in education. No, I, it, <clears throat> they gave me the title after the fact of being district education officer. Right. I just do it because I think that it's important. And I've I've tried very hard at our lodge to make sure that we have a well-rounded program that includes that kind of thing just for that purpose. Because the guys were saying there's just another boring meeting and I don't want to be here just for another boring meeting. Right. So I, I'm glad that, that that was a good focus for you. And I and I hope that it had a serious impact in your uh, jurisdiction. Yeah, I know too with <clears throat> along with the the leadership of the vision of providing education and wanting to have lodges do that, I, I was excited to see your path in the the weekly education pieces that you would publish through your online system. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that and how the effect has had 
I know is kind of separate from your grandmaster process, if you will, or your seat as grandmaster, but it, it was a nice compliment to it, I thought. It almost allowed people to have a, a direct touch with you where a lot of times that didn't happen with other grandmasters. Yeah, I uh, I started doing that uh, partway through my, my term as deputy grandmaster, and I've continued it uh, throughout. And I think it served a number of, of purposes. Number one is, as you point out, it allows me to dialogue directly uh, with the men in our lodges uh, on a weekly basis, or, or even if, if guys join me in the discussions on a daily basis. And, and that's something that, that hasn't been possible in the past. And, and I think that's, that's important if, if we want to get our message out. We need to be able to speak to the brothers. But also, just as an example, if we have a very small rural lodge, not a lot of neighboring lodges around it, and we're encouraging them to bring in some kind of educational topic, well, they might not know how to do that. And so I viewed it as a way of helping, especially the discussion topics that were sent out, helping them figure out things that they could bring to their lodge, talk about together, and that their guys would, would enjoy. Um, that wouldn't take a lot of time or, or be a huge commitment, but just to sort of get them started down that process. Um, that's gonna... I'm sorry, I, I think I'm missing something here. What what is it you're doing outside of being grandmaster to to this effect? Is something weekly, but that's all I'm getting here. Okay, yeah, certainly. I I created a uh, a newsletter and discussion uh, platform, and it oh. is at uh, mthemeth.substack.com. Oh, cool! I'll have to get that. Uh, uh, in an email format from um, somebody later, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Uh, a weekly discussion thing. No, I wouldn't have thought of that. As, as an aside, we want to say thank you for you. Right now, while we're here, his the group of guys, the, the subscribers, are having another Zoom call uh, that he escaped from to join us. So uh, extra, extra thank you for uh, taking the time out to do that. But. Yes, it's there's a daily email that comes out with a new short topic, and you're encouraged to to discuss that. And then a weekly, what do you call it? Uh, rummers and grapes, I think is what. Uh, yes, yes, we we named our Zoom calls uh, rummers and grapes after <laughs> one of the original uh, English lodges, uh, and Emmeth is going to continue after I'm done being Grandmaster. We're actually going to expand it, and I think in time we will have. All of our events probably named after uh, one of those original English lodges because that's that's just kind of fun. Absolutely. Is there any particular topic that comes to mind that was had had the most discussion or most interesting or most fun for you if that on, on that program? Well, the the one that that had the the greatest reach uh, uh, dealt with uh, Prince Hall Freemasonry. Um, one of the, the ones I most enjoyed, I actually 
uh, read the paper as a video uh, this morning, and that had to do with building excitement and membership in a lodge by getting out of the lodge, mm. by going outside, doing non-lodge things together as a band of brothers. Uh, when we do those things, it works extremely well to, to bring excitement back into the lodges. If we do them frequently enough, men not only come, but men will bring their friends. And that's how, that's how we can truly build, build brotherhood. We're never going to do that in a stated meeting. And so, I, so that article, I, I found a lot of fun. Uh, I wrote it about a year ago, but like I said, I put it out again this morning as a, as a video. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I think I know that uh, discussion on recognition that we had about Prince Hall Lodges. I think we had you on to talk about that. And yeah. and as a teaser, you're, you're about halfway in. If our listeners and watchers are about halfway into this segment, uh, you'll have to hold on till the next segment next week to uh, we're going to try and talk to our grandmaster about the article. He, some, he, he was appointed to a new position and so uh, or or requested to be on a new committee and so we'll we'll talk about that in the next segment as a teaser <laughs> so has, has there been any uh, specific events or things uh, that have happened in your year that you'd like to talk about well i i think the the biggest thing that that happened in my year um for our jurisdiction was of course i was able to open our lodges uh, the day after I was installed. Um, I was lucky to be in a position to do that, but but also very happy to uh, to do that because <clears throat> masonry couldn't exist on Zoom only forever. Um, I did attend uh, an event recently that that's open uh, well, to all Masons, and, and I'd encourage anybody who can to go, and that's the uh, the Scottish Rite Spring Reunion in uh, Guthrie, Oklahoma. Oh, I, that's, uh, that's a bucket list item for me. How was that? That is a truly amazing weekend. Of course, the, the building is, is impressive beyond compare. Um, they do every degree. Uh, with the exception of the 33rd uh, in the Scottish Rite system. Also, they have uh, uh, meditations throughout the day. They have classes throughout the day. So I figure I'm going to have to go back next year because in Washington, far too many of our valleys <clears throat> give you a handful of degrees and declare you a 32nd degree uh, Scottish Rite Mason. Uh, so I'd never actually seen all of the Scottish Rite degrees, so I didn't want to miss anything. So I wasn't able to uh, to attend any of the classes or other activities. So I've definitely got to go back next year. Um, the Valley actually owns a, a sort of hotel. They call it their inn. So if you want to stay or if you're a candidate, I, I think they they want you to certainly stay. You can stay right in the building. They feed you in the building. They give you your degrees. It's uh, it's just an amazing, amazing experience over three days. But you're going to need an awful lot of sleep when you get home. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess you've traveled uh, quite extensively throughout your year then being uh, that things were just opening up. I'm sure that was exciting all over the place. Eh? Where, yeah. where, where, how, did you get to do as much traveling as you thought you were going to or? Uh, not so much traveling to, uh, to foreign jurisdictions. Uh, we were able to, to visit two foreign jurisdictions in Mexico this year, uh, the York Grand Lodge of Mexico and, uh, and Occidental Mexicana Grand Lodge, the Western Grand Lodge of Mexico. Uh, both those visits were, were superb. I uh, had the honor of, of sitting in lodge with those two grandmasters and their brothers. Uh, so that was great. Just this weekend, I uh, spent with the Prince Hall of Washington and Jurisdiction Grand Lodge. That was also a, an amazing experience. So yeah, uh, traveler was curtailed uh, from what it'd be if, if COVID hadn't hit us, but it was the traveling we were able to do was, was quite superb. I noticed in your article, you uh, talked about Veracruz visiting a lodge in Veracruz, and you said you were going to cement plans to do that. Have those plans been cemented? <laughs> Have you booked something in Veracruz? <laughs> so I, I've not cemented them yet, but I, I have uh, promised my Emma subscribers that I am taking them to Mexico uh, this coming November. Uh, so, so yeah, we will we will figure out where we want to go in Mexico uh, for this this upcoming uh, November. I thought it was great last year. Uh, uh, we had 48 people uh, join us uh, in Mexico, and and hopefully we can we can keep good numbers going because because it's just so important. I think to to visit lodges that are different from our own uh, because some things they're going to do better than we do and we can bring those ideas back here and i'm i'm just reminded when i was master of my lodge i had sat in a uh, in a lodge in mexico actually and they did something that night that i thought was like the coolest thing ever and so i was master of the lodge i brought it back and the next meeting we did it at my lodge and everybody thought i was a genius right because I didn't tell them, I just saw it from from those guys, you know. So, so, so do I understand you're arranging a, a, a trip for a bunch of Masons to go visit a lodge in Veracruz in November? So I'm not certain it will be in Veracruz, but it will be somewhere in Mexico. Oh, keep me up to date. That could be an excuse <laughs> I could get. Up. I could go on my own trip to Mexico here. This could be fun. There All right. The reason I can't promise it'll be Veracruz, of course, is because we we do. Uh, I take my wife, and and uh, so do a lot of other guys. So we got to make sure that it's a place that that everyone can enjoy. So cool. And um, so, what what what's the most memorable thing that you got to enjoy in your year? The most memorable thing. That you got to enjoy. Yeah. There's lots of most memorable things, but the thing <laughs> you enjoyed the most. You know, I'm I'm just gonna say, and and I I think it's it's true. 
what we were talking about earlier with the, the discussion topics I send and the essays I send. I get, just as I'm sure you do on this podcast, you know, statistics of how many people read that and, and so on. But when I wander into a place where I have no idea that they're actually using those things in their lodge, and I wander in and, and I hear, hey, we're using your stuff in our lodge. Um, that is is really cool, and and actually, I just heard that from a from a brother last night uh, at a dinner that that we walked into that they were using it. I had no idea he and and his lodge buddies were even subscribers to it. So so I just think that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool feeling, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's uh, so rewarding when you come across those things and. I know every now and then we get uh, listeners that, that do chime in, and so it's it's I can we can relate definitely to what you're saying there. Um, and so, um, uh, is there um, something that uh, just your final thoughts that you want to leave with people that um, that are you know hearing this? This is your end of your. Uh, follow-up right so is there thoughts that you want to make sure are shared with the members uh, or or, uh, the listeners yeah i i think i'd like masons to understand that leadership in the fraternity is within grass right and we need good leaders if this fraternity is going to thrive into a bright future. And so if you've ever considered stepping up and joining a a Grand Lodge committee or throwing your hat in the ring for one of our boards or or even putting your name in for election to to office, then then please do because I, I think we are we are very well served by having diverse men willing to uh, serve the craft and throwing their names in uh, as potential servants of our craft. I think we would harm ourselves if, if we ever reached the point where, where we had so little interest that there wasn't um, that there wasn't more than one man to choose for any given petition uh, position. I, I, those sound certainly like words that uh, a lot of masonry could use to follow. We definitely have leaders out there who I think are, are reticent to step up. And uh, I agree that we should get, we should draft those suckers and get, <laughs> get them up here <laughs> But uh, I will say I'm a little disappointed that you didn't say your favorite thing about your year as Grandmaster was appearing on this podcast, but I'll, I'll let it go. It's, it's too late now. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> we can cut that in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We'll put it in post. Uh, but um, we seem to be wrapping up and, and, and running out of time here for this this particular segment. So uh, luckily, uh, Most Worshipful Brother Cameron has, has agreed to come back again for, for next, well, next week's broadcast. Uh, but... Uh, with that, on behalf of Jared and Stephen and, and David and myself, most worshipful brother Cameron, thank you very much for, for being here this evening. Thank you, brothers. 
and we look forward to talking to you again on the Working Tools Podcast. Goodbye. Thank you.